So, Claren has found her foe, Scarlet Antwerp, and now we get Archvillain first, um, and main nemesis from Janae's character, Claren. They finally come face-to-face in the campaign here in the under the crypt of the Sun Lord, and we get to see what happens in these mysterious winding parts. I think we're going to have some major combat today. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. This is, uh, of course, Carl with um, Ragged Coast, episode 39, Scarlet Antwerp and the Michelin Tireman. And you know what? I'm not going to delay any longer with the intro. I'm going to let you get straight into it. So here's what we played a little while ago. Enjoy the listen. All right. Well, we are back with more Ragged Coast D&D. I'm Carl. I'm DMing and playing the lovable NPC mouse field mouse. And we have with us four players and characters. Um, DJ, you want to introduce yourself? I'm DJ, and I'll be playing Crenshaw Jones, the uh, sorcerer warlock, currently very toasty after that fireball investigator. And I will pass it over to Andy. Hi, my name is Andy, and I am playing Fence the Monk. Fence is a, Fence is a ninth level uh, Hand of Mercy monk, and he's just been chopped twice by a very impressive sword uh, and has, in return, uh, stunned his attacker. He's very concerned about how the next few rounds are going to go. Uh, and I will pass it over to Kevin. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'll be playing a very charred uh, as well, Theraval Fantastical, a level nine Eladrin Arcane Trickster. Not this time, not together with his uh, uh, familiar Aspen Kutcher, a Twig Blight, and I guess uh, is, is Drake crucified too? I think. Oh Drake man, is I'm so upset. I, I, I'm ready to like brush off the ashes after this and just start stabbing. <laughs> like I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm so livid. I'm ready for blood. All right, and sorry, let me throw it over to uh, uh, Janae. All right, Kevin Kevin has to stop raging there to remember who the next person is. The tragedy of stab. It's really, it doesn't bode well. Um, I'm Janae. I play Claire and Steel Cloven. Um, level five fighter, level four druid. Um, feeling like a level 1000 idiot for not seeing this coming and thinking maybe we had solved a riddle and managed to team and make some fire friends and have a fire army. Wow, was I wrong? Um, Really upsetting. This really did keep me up at night. And um, not just for Claren, who's finally getting the boss battle that she's been working for for the last several decades, but just me personally, I'm concerned, very worried. My instincts did not serve me well here. And I feel angry and fooled. I don't like it. 
I liked the cute Michelin tire men coming out. I thought they were really charming. And I was delighted when you guys, I, 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 I particularly loved the um, high rolls on initiative. And then the fact that you all use your high rolls on initiative to befriend um, the Michelin tire men. Um, I, I thought, thought we'd solved the riddle. It was so logical. <laughs> Here's the wound. Here's the salt. Carl. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> but you know what? So this this is only fair just to metagame here for a moment. So before we started last time, the time before you all will remember, you said, we're going to take a long rest. So what did your DM do? Your DM figured, well, they're going to take a long rest. So the other party is going to get in and get out and leave. And then I'm going to have to have something that's going to happen. And so I had a whole meal planned for you guys having a long rest. And then we started last time and you all went, if we take a long rest, they're all going to escape. So we're going to take a short rest. And I went, they wouldn't make it out of the dungeon. Where are they going to be? And then we're here. So, yeah, I, I don't feel all that bad about rubbing the salt in the wound because you all completely screwed up the, <laughs> the arc. Um, Andy, will you remind us um, or remind our listeners what the heck happened last time? Because it feels pretty fresh in all of our minds. <laughs> Here we go, a recap of episode 38, Drake's Tale, Eating Treats, Getting Cooked. Our heroes carefully interrogate the drow mage they have captured. Crenshaw uses his telepathy to query the bound, blindfolded, and gagged prisoner whose name is Vogel Altig. They learn that Scarlet Antwerp and her group only need to unlock the doors to get into the room where they believe the magical magical artifact the sliver of the sun is. During the interrogation, Drake gets to eat one of Vogel's pets, a hamster. He has promised another one of Vogel's pets, a rat, if Vogel does not cooperate. In addition, one of Vogel's black widows was stomped on by Theraval. Drake uses his big owl eyes to beg Theraval for the rat, but Theraval understands leverage and does not give in. After interrogating Vogel, the party decides to take a short rest, an hour, rather than a long rest. So at 5 a.m., they set off into the temple complex beneath the crypt of the Sun Lord. Using directions provided by Vogel, who they leave alive but bound, blindfolded, and gagged in the storage room, they arrive quickly at a set of opened, revolving double doors. Inside the sanctuary room is the dematerializing form of an avatar of Ra. The body is a clay light fire mixture turning into shadow. The room has an altar with the indentation of a great sword on it. There are runes and hieroglyphics that appear on the walls and doors as the party tries to figure out what happened. They decide that Scarlet Antwerp and her gang killed the Avatar of Ra, but where have they gone? Fence detects strange humming pulses coming from behind the northeastern wall. He goes to the corner of the room and looks for secret doors, but suddenly to his left, the wall right under the glowing hieroglyphs bursts open. Four puffy greenish Michelin tire men burst forth into the room. One carries a two-handed sword and one carries a glowing sliver of stone. Our heroes roll well on initiative and opt to try and see if they can befriend these small avatars of the sun god. <laughs> 
However, the four puffy greenish Michelin tire men are not avatars of the sun god, but rather Scarlet Antwerp and three of her hunchmen. The two-handed sword slices into fence. The strange pulsing stone casts radiant damage upon the party, and Scarlet, in her puffy suit, looks straight at Claren and casts fireball. A warm welcome, cousin, the red witch sneers under her breath as she and her retainers rush into the room. All right. So I added a little bit of dialogue for Scarlet. I wasn't quite that clever last time, but it feels like the type of thing uh, Claren's cousin would, would mutter under her breath. So give a DM a little bit of dramatic license. Um, We're at the top of the initiative order. Um, and that brings us to Theraval and Aspen because no more Drake. And I will drop the initiative sheet into ye old chat here. uh yeah um how bright is it in this room with given the uh uh the little what what do you call it the little shining sun burning thing yeah the the sort of sliver of the sun from the that's actually in the hands of the michelin tire person who is right in front of you um that's actually giving off light that's sort of the equivalent of like daylight. I mean, it's like, a, I'd say a flashlight, except it's more orb-like. So pretty much this room is, is daylight. I mean, there might be some shadows over in the southwest and southeast corner, but besides that, it it is bright in here. Oh, okay. Um... What time is it again? Sorry, I'm playing a little bit of catch up. <laughs> like, you guys got up bright and early. Remember, you only did a short rest and it had been 4 a.m. So it would be about 8 a.m. I mean, if you were out on the surface, you're, you might be a little disoriented in terms of time because you were pretty exhausted when you guys were wandering around the the dungeon here. That, that that that's perfect though, because my 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 dagger of venom recharges on at dawn, um, which I guess it's now. <laughs> so I I'd like to take that dagger of venom and <laughs> and see if I can gash it through. I don't know the Michelin dude's helmet uh, between his helmet and. I don't know. So one of those little Michelin nooks. I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, because the, the the suit, which is this sort of greenish puffy suit, comes up roughly to the neck and it's all sort of like, you know, padded out. And then there's this metal helmet. So yeah, trying to hit in yeah. a scene there. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. And can I cast Booming Blade as I do it? Um, yeah, it's a, it, Booming Blade is a bonus action. Uh, it's been a little while. So Booming Blade is a cantrip that, uh, when you cast it, allows you to take the attack action. That's right. So it counts as an action. <laughs> um, and I'm going to... Oh, 
We're going to do steady aim to get advantage on this roll. And I'm not going to move. Uh, steady, steady aim can be applied to a melee attack, or is it just aerial? That's a good question. What is steady aim? I I thought it allows me to trade moving for advantage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm just asking about it in relationship. I I've only had players use steady aim like mostly archers and folks using aerial weapons and so i just i don't know oh yeah we're gonna have to get out the we're gonna have to get out that <laughs> we, we don't have the player's manual here right now uh is it uh is it a rogue thing or yes uh, My research says there's no limitation on it. You can use right. it for melee. You can use it for spells that require an attack roll. Anything that requires an attack roll is what this website says. I can read it to you. Third level rogue feature as a bonus action, you give yourself advantage on your next attack roll of the current turn. You can use this bonus action only if you haven't moved during this turn. And after you use the bonus action, your speed is zero until the end of the current turn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're just doing a real precise strike and sacrificing your move to have advantage on the attack then. Yep. So I'm scared to death, but it's an, oh my God. Oh, uh, that's a 26 to hit. Uh, that's a hit. Okay, and because I have advantage, I think it has sneak attack damage. Yes, it does. And because it's a dagger of venom, I need them to make a constitution saving throw. All right, here come yield dice. And oh, that is pretty good. Let me see which one of your opponents on it. Um, that is an 18. What's the? A 15. Okay, yeah, for so success. So uh, what, on a success, is that half? Yeah, it, okay, so they succeed. So that doesn't double the damage either. Um, oh, sorry, it's not a critical. It's just add sneak attack, right? So. Yeah, just add, just add sneak attack there, not, I don't think it's a crit. Okay, yeah. I mean, unless, uh, unless the 26 was arrived at on an act 20, no, that it would, have been, would have been pretty exciting. And we would have okay, heard. so that's 23 points of damage, of piercing damage. Excellent. And um, I need a death saving throw for Aspen. <laughs> no! That's a natural 20. Ooh, that's wow. two, two successes. That's a good one to have. Um, so yeah, one more and he will have stabilized himself at negative 10 there. Um, moving on, uh, Claren and Crenshaw, and you all can pick who goes first and who goes second. I'm fine with that. 
Uh, Crenshaw is going to say in Claren's mind, I know you want Scarlet, but we have to save Fence. Fair enough. I will take care of Scarlet for now. Okay, so long as I get to take the last bit. Uh-huh. So, but quick question, isn't Fence doing okay? I know he's been hit twice and he's down to um, half hit points, but he also stunned the guy who uh, just hit him twice with the sword. Yeah, but if Claren gets near Scarlet, what I want to do is not going to work. Okay. Okay. Fence right. is not part of this conversation, so you all go and do what you're going to do. I'm trying to figure out which which of these pe- people in the suits on the board is Scarlet here. It's not the one near Fence, right? Which one is? Can we point out which one she is, just so I know where to move away from? Because I can start. It's this one, right? I'm going to be difficult and not tell you because this is all happening quickly in battle and all these suits look the same. You were 100% sure which one was Scarlet when she raised her arm and cast Firebolt, but she's run with the others, you know? Okay. Behind. So, yeah, we'll, we'll let the ambiguity of the of the week and the, the tokens looking exactly the same actually work for battle confusion okay um in which case i will still go towards i'm fairly confident the one that was by fence is not scarlet and so even though that one oh, this is so the one the one right next to fence has been um stunned. One. so it's not worth going after that one right now well, if it's stunned all hits are critical though right um if it's incapacitated, that's true, but not if it's stunned. I think all hits are at advantage. Okay. Um, I'll still stand over here in the corner and I will do a... Um... Oh. Actually, I'm gonna do something creative here. Let's see how this goes. Um, I have one of my level one spells. I still have some spell slots left to create water. I'm gonna do that. I'm going to create some water. Okay. What level spell slot are you using? One. One. Oh, yeah. And you have you have all of those, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, I haven't used any level yeah. one spells yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to create some water in a, an old, let's see. Um, is there like a basin in this kind of room I could fill up with water? Mm. Not really. There's the indention of the sword on the altar. There's these columns, and then there are sort of the the pews or benches. Um, and there really isn't like you know a holy water font or okay. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Um, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to fill up. Um, it's going to be sort of small. But I do have, uh, uh, I'm seeing what I can fill up with water because I do need a container. Um, I'm going to take like a canteen, like a drinking canteen. So the only thing I have that's probably big enough for this. Um, I'm going to create water, fill up a canteen. Um, and then I'm going to basically try and, do we see where the shard is that they're using that is causing all this radiation damage? 
Um, the yeah, the shard is being carried by the one that is closest to Theraval, the one that was just stabbed, um, has it in their hands. Okay. Um, I would like to actually get a little closer then. I'd like to toss the water in the direction of the shard that I've just created. Mm. Okay. Uh, roll, roll a two hit. So you're, are you tossing the whole cantina or are you like, you know, holding the cantina in your hand and, you know, splashing a gentle water whip at this thing? Um, I'm going to splash a little water with addicts. I don't want to lose all the water from the canteen quite yet, just in okay. case it doesn't actually take out the shark. <laughs> Try to like just douse the fire, see what happens. Um, to at least avoid more radiation damage if we can. I don't know, it might not work if it's super magic, but we'll see. Um, oh, that's a really bad roll. Uh, I'm sure that's not going to get me anywhere. Um, that would be a six. A six. Yeah, you know, you are not particularly skilled in fighting with a cantina. The water splashes out and perhaps is much more splashing like on the body, the dematerializing body of the, um, the avatar. It basically falls in the five feet between you and the creature. Um, are you and the person holding the the sliver of the sun and doesn't hit them. So not even any sizzling, just water splashing on, on the ground. Um, Crenshaw. Crenshaw is going to move to here. Okay. Crenshaw is going to cast darkness on Scarlet Antwerp's armor. Mm, okay. There's no saving throw. It's 15 feet of total darkness around her that you can't see in unless you happen to have uh, Warlock Dark Vision. And everyone within 15 feet of here has disadvantage, basically of here, has disadvantage on attack rolls within this area. Um, so let me drop a 15 foot circle centered on her. And oh, when I cast that, I spend two, or we spend two um, sorcery points to quicken, to quick cast it. So it's cast as a bonus action. Everybody in there is in darkness. Scarlet can't get away from it. Can't target anyone with magic. Because she's blinded. And then we take a potion of invisibility. Um, wait. Okay. And let me see. You have already done five sorcery points. So this is two more. To a total I, of seven. I gained two back be in the short rest. Okay, so then now you're now you're at five. I, yeah, I actually already added them. Oh, okay. On here? Yeah, because I, I knew I was going to do this. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That... So I just burned them. Um, um, 
and uh -huh. then so it's actually I'm at four. Um, and just to, to rewind for one second, I do that before I move. Spell is cast before I move. Oh, the invisibility. Uh, yes. Because I don't want them to know where I am. Oh, and you and that's the invisibility isn't a spell. The invisibility is a potion that you're drinking. Correct. Because so I can't uh, cast it. Yeah, it's, a, it's casting the spell, uh, free action of potion, and the move. Um, so we're going to have to play a little bit with your darkness. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing with it. Um, okay. You cast it. I have to say, I mean, it is a powerful, immense darkness that descends. But there are, and I will draw some of these in on the map. Like it is splintered with light, like the the five foot where like the body of the guy who is next to Theraval, like he is still lit up. Like you can see, it would almost be the equivalent of if he had fairy fire around him from where he's holding it. Like that, this shard of the sun is this is a powerful thing. It is cutting right through your darkness. And in addition to that, there are, and let me just get like the color of these things right. So there are like little lines here of brightness that are just like, you know, still shooting out in different rays from where where this person is, even in, in the darkness. So not complete darkness there cast on, I mean, cast on Scarlet's armor, but this shard is, it's still, it's still as bright as like a piece of the sun, even amidst that magical darkness. So is there darkness and light, would you say? Or is it light? What is it dark, you know? Um it's like there is there is the magical dark. I mean, there is the magical darkness. So it is freaking dark, but the light that is being produced by this legendary object is splitting right through it. I'm not erasing the darkness. I'm not saying that it's only shadow, but like where this three, four inch long sliver of the sun is, that is lit up. The guy's face, body, where that's shining directly is lit up. Maybe, actually, if I'm doing this, I might want to be, be a little bit more accurate. That probably doesn't happen. Like it doesn't go through his body, but wherever there's a space of light for it to shine out, it's like these beams of sunlight are still shining out so yeah kevin to answer your question yeah darkness and light all right thank you um i think that brings us to michelin tire man number one and i think michelin tire man number one was the one holding the shard um the Michelin tire man is going to take the disengage action. 
Um, no, the Michelin Tire Man is going to draw a a short sword and try to hit Theraval. And that is not a terrific roll. That is a 14. 14 does not hit. Uh, um, he is going to, they are going to attack a second time. That is a 25. That hits. Uh, are they, because they're holding the thing, are they not affected by the uh, disadvantage? Yeah, there's there is more than enough light for the one that's holding the um, sliver of the sun. So, okay. And short sword hit. Oh, ooh, oh. All right. Um, so only four points of damage from the sword, but. This guy has poison, and it doesn't look like it's got a saving throw. So four piercing damage, but 11, is that right? 11, 19, so a 19 um, poison damage. Okay, um, so that's a total of 23. That is because there's light and because I can see this attack, I I can use my uncanny dodge. Okay. Damage to round it down to eleven. Okay. So then, and did you take that off already, or does that bring you down to twenty? Haven't taken it off. So that's okay. like down to twenty-two. Down to twenty-two. Getting thin there. All right, and I am. You know, Michelin Tire person is not going to move. So they just use their attack action holding. And if they move, they would they would have to use a disengage or invoke an opportunity attack. So they will stay placed. That brings us to fence. Are, are they right. looking bloodied? How are they looking? <laughs> would we be able to tell under all that Michelin? So, um, which, uh, in terms of M1, 2, 3, or 4, which one is stunned until the end of this turn? Um, the one that is right next to you. All right. Let me just look at myself there. Um, let me zoom in one moment. All right, so um, looking across the room, do I have a clear line of sight of um, one of the Michelin men because of the magical darkness or primarily just the one who's in front of me? Um, primarily the one in front of you and not only because of the darkness, but because there is a Michelin man in front of you and then this gray thing is a, a uh, floor to ceiling column. So yeah, I do not think there is a, a line of sight. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let's see. 
I'm going to start karate or um, attacking the guy who's in front of me. Okay. And with um, it being stunned, that's attacks are at advantage, yes? That's right. And critical, I think. Um, is it is it critical? No, I don't think let's here, let's look up the condition of stunned. I don't think they're that would critical would seem pretty powerful on a stun, but let's see. Blinded, invisible, paralyzed, stunned. A stunned creature is incapacitated, can't move, can't speak. The creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws, attack against attack rolls against the creature have advantage. So nothing, nothing about a crit. Sorry, paralyzed is crit, not stunned. There we go. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of before. All right. Um, So uh, the first roll gets a uh, 26. Uh, yes, that's a hit. And that does uh, seven plus five is uh, 12 points of damage. Okay, and that's a karate chop? No, that's a um, spear thrust. Okay, yeah, so gotcha. Uh, and then he uses his second attack to do the same. Okay. Uh, he got a, a 16 plus nine is a 25. Yep, also a hit. And that does uh, 11 points of damage. Okay, yep. And then uh, he has uh, a karate chop. And that's a 23. Also a hit. I think his karate chops are still at D6 plus six, so that would be uh, 11 points of damage. Okay. Uh, and then he is going to use his uh, flurry of blows, use a key point for yet another attack. And that is uh, a 13. Uh, no, does not hit. All right. Um, and then um, While he is stunned, can um, Fence just step onto the other side of him? Yeah, you're, I mean, clearly he can't do an opportunity attack. And remind me, was his stunned until the end of end of your turn or end of his? I'm 
Yeah, it's the end of my next turn. Your next turn. So that would be the end of this turn. That's right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you're you're free to move away from him, move around him to the other side, whatever you would like to do. He he cannot react until your turn is over. Do we want me to keep working on this guy or to um, enter the fray? Because I can run over there with no opportunity attack. I think you can take that guy out. Yeah, exactly. All right, then um, I'm going to uh, step right over here. Um, and I have a feeling in retrospect, I should have disarmed him, but I did not. I decided to beat him up instead. So I'm standing on the other side of him now. Okay, um, that brings us to Michelin Tire Man number two, which is this guy. Um, he is going to take swings at you with his um, with this great sword and. I actually made a mistake last time. He actually gets three attacks. Um, yeah. So three strikes with the great sword at fence is his regular action. And that is a, the lowest is a dirty 20, a 23 and a 24. The 23 and the 24 hit. Okay. And let's see. Was the and so 17 and Let's see, 17, and then this one is 19. So 17 and 19 is 36. Ouch. Oh my God. Damn it. I, I had 34 hit points. <gasps> um, Ouch. Well, we will put the same little icon that we have on um, Aspen on fence there. Um, As a reaction, I can um, uh, cast uh, Silvery Barbs on that uh, last attack that hit. Okay, which, what does it do? Um, and that means uh, he uh, attacks at disadvantage. Oh, okay. Let me re-roll it then. And, oh, I don't know, Andy. Um, are you supposed to do that before I roll the damage? Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a reaction. Yeah. 
Um, all right, let's, I'm going to, uh, we'll be nice. Um, uh, it's not going to matter. I rolled like literally exactly the same thing. All right. And then um, that allows me, you know, before I'm knocked to the ground to uh, give one of my teammates uh, advantage on his next attack. So I'll give that to Theraval. Okay. And I was going to have him do something cruel. I guess I'll, well, actually, no, he could move now. Um, so fence is knocked out. He is going to um, move over this way and move into engagement with Clarence. He can't strike anymore this round but um, moves over there and is like, oh, fight me. Um, and flexing in front doing of this? Him. Are we fighting? And Michelin Tire Man number three, which would be, let's see. Um, three is, oh. Snarl here. Um, yeah, Snarl is, this one is gonna just, oops. Step up onto the pew and um, pulls out a morning star and takes two whacks at um, Mouse Field Mouse. And both of those will hit a 24 and a 26. And that is six, nine, 14, and 11, 20. Eight on mouse field mouse. Uh, 44 minus 28. What is that? Math. Um, 67. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Going the other direction. That's only 16. She's still up, but not not looking so good. Um, and that brings us to Mouse Field Mouse. Crenshaw in her head, because he's the only one who can see her. Yeah. And he saw her get hit, is going to say, fence is down. You can just leave him and go around the circle to heal fence. Get away from that guy. Dude, I've got back in your head. She's like, uh, dude, I, my healing spells, we didn't sleep 
my druid spells, I'm down. I've got all my attacking wizard spells, but I got not much. Fence has a potion in his belt. I, say, I also have I'm, a healing potion. I'm not that I'm I can... almost sure Fence has a healing potion in his belt. Yeah, he does. Yep. So just use his potion, but get out of there. And he um, doesn't get an attack of opportunity because he's blinded. Oh, so she doesn't have to use disengage. Right. To go 30. Right. And make it over to fence. Uh, she will take you up on the suggestion and pulls a the potion out. Um, Andy, do you remember? Was it just a regular potion of healing, a stronger potion of healing? Let me see if I have that in my um, inventory. One moment. It's a greater potion of healing. Oh, I had I thought that you guys had a few of those. Um, do you have? Does it do three d eight? Do you have that? And uh, I am looking up. Oh, of course, it's not. Gonna, it does four d four plus four. Four d four plus four. Um, do you want to roll that, or you want me to? Um, why don't Why don't we have you roll it on behalf of the healer herself? Who's doing the 44. There is two of them. Come on, dice. Three of them. Four of them. You got to get the caltrips out. All right. Um, let's go. Actual dice. Um, oh, well, that was sort of mediocre. Um, 44, that's seven plus two. That's nine plus four, 13. Cool. Thank you, Mouse Field Mouse. All right, you are up to 11, but having oh. the DPS character fence back is probably a good thing. And I still have, oh, and your friendly favorite um, person. Scarlet is going to move over here onto the other side of Theraval. Um, Would you say because she's on the other side of the pew as well that I have partial cover? <laughs> um, yeah, well, but you are, you're lit. So the, the advantage, the, the darkness is not going to be helping here but the pew <laughs> but the pew pew hold on i'm looking pew, at pew, the wrong pew. character pew 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 um i'm praying here <laughs> yeah um she is she reaches across the pew and with a burning touch, she has got to try to hit you. I don't think I'm gonna give the pew as cover. It's 
like reaching across it. Oh, that's going to be a great roll. Yeah, that is a 24. Yeah, okay. Um, so her burning touch, I will tell you how much damage it does in just a second. Um, well, good rolls and bad. Um, that's 15 plus seven. That is 22. I'm at zero. That's just enough to knock me out. All right, so Theraval slumps down in front of the one with the sliver of the sun and next to the Michelin tire man that you all know is Scarlet. Um, this weird initiative, we're back at the top. Um, Theraval, it's actually your turn. Kevin, guess what? You get to roll two death saving throws. Aren't you lucky? No, you well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. For, no, no, for- Theraval and Aspen. Okay. Um, who's who's first? Yeah, great timing. Great timing. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a natural one for Aspen. Ouch. Oh, well, it balances out two fails and two successes. What about Theraval? Uh, 15. 15. Okay, so that's a success. So Aspen is actually in danger. Your next roll, one way or the other, is going to be up or down. High stakes. Yeah, that's, that's a, my turn. <laughs> uh, end of your turn, though. You don't have to do anything else this time. We now get Claren and Crenshaw in any order. Janae, DJ? Um, oh, man. I'm going to go. I can go first. Um, I am going to okay. use this action. I'm in a wild shape into a uh baby bullet what's that <laughs> it's, a baby baby <laughs> it's the only token i've got easily available choose something with lots of hit points my gosh yeah um i i'm going to wild shape so i will say i was being really nerdy and i was trying to figure out which animals can withstand extreme heat um really well but that are also large but aren't that many as it turns out um, oh, guys, I messed up. Um, before you finish this turn, I actually need to do something um, from what the sliver of the sun has done to everybody. And today, yeah. actually, I think I, it's probably worth my doing this so you know what the what the effects are, because it might affect what you decide to do. Okay. Um, if you want, when I start telling you the effect, if you say, I want to go ahead and do wild shape and transform since you had let it slip, Carl, um, you can you can do that and then I'll have it affect you afterwards. But let me tell you the warning sign um, that happens. They'll, this is really worded strangely. Paleness from orifices. So I suppose none of you can see this, but if you're looking at each other, like your mouths and nose, like the skin appears a little bit pale. Um, there is also like almost a little bit of steam that seems to be like 
coming out from inside you, um, you automatically reach exhaustion level two and your skin, there are different places where it like looks like it's like bubbling almost. And your sweat is like boiling out of your skin. It is hot, hot, hot. There is no additional hit point damage, but you all are now at exhaustion level two. Let me just remind everybody of the effect of that. So exhaustion level one, which was the first round of exposure was disadvantage on ability checks. Now your speed is halved for everybody. Cool. So you can't run even if you tried now. <laughs> okay. This does not impact my choice for well. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it, but that, that I should have made that happen after Michelin tire man number two. Okay. Well, I'm wild shaping into an elephant because elephants live in very hot climates and it has 76 hit points. Um, so I'm going to wild shape with an elephant and then I would like to try and trample the Michelin man in front of me who nice. said let's fight. Okay. Um, and so I guess I roll to hit as elephant as I'm going to trample as Michelin man. Yeah, let, let me... Yeah, go ahead and use elephant ability. I'm gonna move Claren off here. I'll put elephant in. You're trampling the Michelin man that was trying to, uh, was daring you to fight there. Yep. And I'm, okay, yeah, go. Okay. So for the best here. Yes. Okay, that is a 23. Nice, yeah, that is that is a hit. Okay, so Michelin Man has to succeed on a DC 12 strength saving throw or will be knocked prone. Uh, DC 12 saving throw? Yeah, strength saving. Is, is that also a gore attack? I mean, yes. okay, great. And this is, let me see which one. Um, and you said strength? Yes. He is super strong, but I rolled a two. So um, unless it is a seven, um, he fails. Okay. So he's knocked prone. And so he's back, he's on his back. He's about to get gored and trampled. Okay. Um, so he's going to take 3d8 plus 6 piercing damage, so I guess I roll for that. Yeah, and we can, we'll move the elephant up, like, over him, because that seems appropriate here. That's fine. Actually, we'll do that in a second after we do the damage. Five. Eight. 18 plus 6, that's 24 damage from piercing. Okay. Um... And then um, 
Yeah, and I think I do some additional stomping trampling damage on that, um, which I believe is three d ten plus six. Do you have to roll to hit for the the stomping? Is that a separate? Oh, I do. Yeah. Let's see what I do on that. Ah, that's not going to make it. Um, that's a, I rolled a nine. Okay, yeah, so he's knocked down up against the ground, but you're like stomping towards him, but don't actually make contact. He's like still rolling on the ground and able to avoid. But he has been gored. On. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you roll that? Did you roll that with advantage because he's prone? Yes, he should. No, I didn't roll with advantage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how much his rolling does. Okay, it's it's something. All right. Um, that will be a 16. At, um, oh, I no. Um, that uh, no, that misses. Okay. Close, but but not. Okay, um, I can, mm, okay, I'm not going to do this. Never mind. Um, I think that's, that'll be it for me. Okay, and that was a, a wild shape that you use, not a, not yeah. a or anything, but let's just make sure we mark that. All right, um, DJ, what is, what is Crenshaw right. doing? The, the invisible hand of darkness. Crenshaw takes takes a step forward into the darkness so that he can see everything. Because once he's in darkness, he can see everybody. And then I'm going to burn everything I've been saving. I'm going to twin a fourth level spell. I'm going to twin Psychic Lance. And these two have to make an intelligence saving throw, uh, DC 16. Okay, uh, DC 16 saving throw. Holy shit, I rolled a two and a one. Ah! Oh, wow, that's really okay. for you. That's, that is, I appreciate that because like I said, this is everything Crenshaw has. Yeah, I wasn't. He's been sitting on. They both take 76 uh, psychic damage. Those are some lances. Yeah. And they're incapacitated, which is going to impact the next thing I do. All right, um, give, me the, give me the 76, though, first. Yep. All right, the first one is on Scarlet. And that is I don't know what that is because my roll 20 has made everything disappear. Yeah, it's there's chat. 32. 32, 32, 32. points of damage on Scarlet. And 20 on the other guy. And the other one has taken damage before. Uh, yeah, still up. 
And Scarlet, yeah, Scarlet, not a problem. Okay, yep. Okay, now they are both incapacitated until the start of my next turn. So they're going to lose their turn, which is important for me because I am going to get out my bag of holding. I am going to walk over on top of uh, Theraval, and I'm going to take the Sunstone into my bag of holding. Mm, that's a boss. And I'm going to remove it from this dimension, possibly <gasps> sacrificing all my stuff, but it's either that or done. So the sunstone is in the bag of holding, and you, let's see, your token is Excellent. now in the Wait. same square that Theraval is, but I'm going to move. Before, actually, as I'm coming over, uh -huh. I turn the bag of holding inside out. Everything falls out of it. Then I put it over the sunstone. I can pick up my stuff later. But I could take the if I if you let me do that, if you don't let me do that, I'll do it on my next turn, and that's fine. But I really want to get rid of this thing. Yeah, putting the the sunstone into another dimension. Um, okay, so let's see. You moved. So the spell, the attack spell. spell, right? The attack spell, the move. And I'm trying to figure like a free action is one fairly simple thing, like opening a door. You're dumping the stuff out. You're you, so DJ, I will let you do it, but you can, if you dump the stuff, you can, so you have a choice. If you want to dump the stuff out, putting the sunstone in the sliver of the sun in the bag has to happen next round. If you want to put okay. the sliver of the sun in this round, you got to do it with all your stuff in there. I mean, because this is all within six seconds. Sure. No, you know, it, it's, it's like how many free actions are we stacking on top of each other? And I'll admit it's, it's like close, but it feels like a choice that you should have to make. Nope, I make the choice. I cover the sunstone. Okay. That's so, not even a choice. We are getting it out of this. Out of this you're, you're you're tired of you're tired of uh radiation, radiant damage and building. Okay. Well yeah. call us exhausted even of it. <laughs> it. Game mechanics and words actually work together there. Very nice. Well, you do, and there may be like a little sliver of sunlight that's still shooting out. It may be because I cannot figure out how to get rid of that one damn little line because it's buried under a bunch of other things, but it also seems really appropriate. The room plunges into darkness, except for here's the bag of holding. There is like one little sliver of sunlight that is still jettisoning out and maybe sort of lightly caressing the back of the um, 
back of the elephant and shining on the um, Michelin tire man that is trying to roll away from the stomping elephant. Nice, TJ. All right. That brings us to Michelin tire man number one, who was the one with the sword. And that one, he does those three attacks, um, is still up and he is going to stab. Um, actually, he is going to do just two blows at the elephant initially. He's gonna save the third in case he gets rid of the elephant. Wow, that was... Yes. Magic die. Disadvantage, disadvantage on attack rolls. Um, okay, I have to roll twice. Save Claire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's thank you. Um, yep. And a lot to keep in mind. Let's see. Um, so that is only a 13. What is an elephant's armor class? 12. Oh, I got yeah. Even with disadvantage, this is not going to be hard for for him to hit. Um, six plus, so actually only 11 points of damage that time. Okay. I need to keep track of these on a separate sheet. I got the elephant and then this one even rolled at disadvantage. That is a 17. Okay. And, oh, this time, dog, that is 25 points of damage from the so second. 25 total or all those separate? Um, 25. And then what did I say for the first one? 11. Yeah, 25 and 11. 36. Okay. Is the elephant still with us? Oh, yeah. The elephant, the elephant is 76 hit points. Okay. He's going to go ahead and... I'm down to 40 now. Yeah, he is going to use the third attack on the elephant, but he is also moving. How's no, he's prone. Um, he is going to stand up so that he is no longer prone for his move, which actually means he's not at disadvantage on the third attack. Um, and what about the, the darkness, though? Doesn't that give him disadvantage? He's not in darkness. Remember, the oh. radius of the circle is outside of there. Oh, okay. Uh, but this might actually be a miss. It is only an 11. Yeah, that misses. And that then is it for Michelin Tire Man number one. And that brings us to, hold on, am I? Uh, no, that's right. That brings us to Fence, who is now healed again. Great. Um, Not healed a lot, but back with us a little. Remind me who Fence can see from where he is. Um, yeah, the there is not as much light in the room, but you have dark vision. There is that one little sliver of the sun peeking out of the bag of holding. And you can certainly see the elephant and your old foe with the um, with the sword of the sun. All right. Uh, I'd like to uh, finish this guy off. And I'm going to do something that... Um, uh, I should have done before and would have if I had not forgotten about it. 
And that is, as a bonus action, I can empower my Eldritch Claw tattoo. Oh, that's right. That tattoo from um, Dirk over in Ward. Nice. Yes. So for the duration, each of my melee attacks with a weapon or an unarmed strike can reach a target up to 15 feet away from me. As inky tendrils launch towards the target, in addition, my melee attacks deal an extra 1d6 force damage on a hit. Uh, so I am curious to know what is my distance from my former foe with the big sword? Uh, you are 10 feet away. I like it. I'm going to stay right where I am and uh, I'm going to um, attack him with my uh, spear from this distance. And I got a 23, if I remember correctly. Let me just check to make sure that's right. Um, sorry, a 24. Yes, that's a hit. All right. And that does a, um, a D8 plus 6. So that does nine points of damage. And I'm going to. Um, activate uh, the lightning strike capability of this spear. Oh, nice, yeah. And uh, and I don't remember, was that 3d8, 4d8? Let me see, I think I've got it over here. I think it was 3d8 if I'm remembering, but. All right. for uh, another 12 points of damage. Gotcha. And then um, against this uh, person who seems to have endless hit points, and then I'm going to uh, attack him again with the spear and do a 17. Uh, oh, a 17 actually misses. All right, and then uh, I'm going to uh, attack with a karate chop Awesome, and I, I do need you to move five foot closer because now, I mean, for the melee attacks. Oh, actually, the um, with because of the tattoo, I can do this from 15 feet away. Whoa. Um, even, even like karate chops and that. Yeah, that's oh. that's part of the point. That's the magic of the, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Did, did he stand up? I was looking something up. Yes, he did, he stood up. Okay. Um, his move action. And then he ironically missed the one attack when he was standing. And that does uh, 12 points of damage. And uh, and just um, checking for a moment that he's not uh, dead. Not yet. Um, He's going to, uh, Fence is going to um, use a key point to do Hand of Harm uh, upon him with that last attack, um, which is, scroll down, um, uh, 
And then uh, when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend one key point to deal an extra 1d6 plus 5 necrotic damage. So that is another 6. So 11 more points of damage. OK. Um, uh, at this level, Hand of Harm also comes with poison. So there's no saving throw. He uh, has the poison condition now. Um, what what DC does he need to hit on the saving throw? Oh, that was no, there's no saving throw. Oh, no saving throw? Uh, till the end of the next round, uh, he is uh, poisoned. And I can read you the language. Uh, which means he has disadvantage on uh, attack rolls and ability checks. Okay, excellent. Um, and do remind me of that next time when when he is attacking. Um, but yeah, he is still staying, still hanging on, although not looking so good anymore. Like that outside suit that he's wearing is all there's tons of gashes in it. You also can see underneath he has like plate armor. Um, now that the suit is torn away and there's bits of like gold coated plate armor is is what your opponent is wearing underneath the Michelin tire man suit. Um, that brings us to Michelin tire man number two. And if I'm remembering correctly, that was the person carrying the sliver of the sun. Um, DJ, tell me, I, I want to make sure I understand exactly what happened here with Crenshaw. So you went up, you, you've scooped, you've, it sounded like you weren't touching. And I'm just trying to figure out because, yeah. And he was oh. at that point, holding the sliver of the sun in like one hand and slashing away with the short sword. And I'm actually now, I, I love the idea of the sliver of the sun going in the bag, but I'm now trying to figure out like how you got the sliver of the sun like into the bag. So help me think like narratively how it went from that, you know, cause I imagine it's in his hand, for a while when he was in the room, he was carrying it like that. But then when combat happened, I think it probably, you know, rolled from being carried out flat to maybe even grasping it a little in the left hand and striking away with the right. So I'm well, trying to figure out. He's incapacitated. Okay. Oh, that, yeah. So he can't resist no matter what I do. Right. So then so I just, I was envisioning, like, I just took the bag, wrapped his hand with it and pulled. Okay, yeah, so then the bag, like if this is it, the bag goes over, yeah. you turn and just sort of pull with it in there because he's and yeah, it being like, like paralyzed. Incapacitated is, uh, I happen to have the conditions open. Okay. We've, been, we've been running around them all day. Yeah. Can't take yeah. actions or reactions. Okay. That's all it says. An incapacitated creature can't take actions or reactions. Wait, yeah, I'm so actually looking at the nifty at the nifty illustrations under it and trying to figure out what incapacitated looks like. They've got grappled. Incapacitated person can move. 
restrained, stunned, unconscious. Incapacitated is not not neatly illustrated in the um, player's handbook, but you're right. Yeah. Can't take actions or reactions. Gotcha. So a paralyzed creature is incapacitated and can't move or speak. Right, but this is so, just incapacitated. I would take that to mean that they can't take actions or reactions, but they could move. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a really, but he, really... But, he okay. also can't see anything. Um, yeah, except maybe a little bit from the... where the sliver is. Okay, I need to then figure out the darkness around them, the little bit of light coming up the bag, and they cannot take actions. They're incapacitated for how long? Until uh, the beginning of my next turn. Beginning of your next turn. Yeah, um, so from with the Michelin tire man, like with the mask, the sort of sun thing, you get the feeling that there are two eyes like staring at you really intently and watching as you pull, you know, this into the sliver of the sun into this bag and the light is going and you feel like there's this will that wants to put one hand around your neck and the other hand grab the bag back. Um, and you almost see the hands moving, but it like somehow the, like you get the, the, the body motion of the two things that I just described, but there it's just not happening for the person at the moment. And yeah, with the sliver of the sun in another dimension, um, there is no radiant damage at the moment. Um, DJ will have to talk about what's happened with Crenshaw's items maybe afterwards. Um, I assume everything that's not magic is destroyed. That was... Uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about what um, the radiant moth damage looks like, but I suppose we should do that later if you live. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I do, um, okay, I do have Michelin Tire Man number three, who you had not affected, who was in darkness, who thought um, they were going to stomp on mouse and mouse has moved away from them. Um, there is a shout in a deep reptilian voice. Scarlet, where are you in the darkness? These spellcasters. And then I am just going to be fair here. I got to roll to see. <coughs> um, 
he steps out this way, looks around, sees the elephant, runs towards the elephant, and because the elephant is stomping on his friend, and he is going to use that morning star and strike twice at the elephant. Um, oh my god, one of those is a nat 20. Uh, and the other one ends up becoming a 29. Oh my gosh. So okay. we're gonna Obviously. do yeah, I think you're coming back. Uh, the nat 25, nine. Um, actually, that's not a ton. Nine. 17 times two is um 34 points of damage. Still an elephant. All right. And then the second hit is, oh, that is um, 16 more points of damage. No longer an elephant. Oh, I found that token so quickly. But um, Claren, you are back to Claren. That was fun while it lasted. Yeah, well, you know, some some goring, some attempts at trampling. Um, that brings us to Mouse Field Mouse. Um, Could I remember something uh, that I neglected to say before? Sure, please. Um, I remember now that each one of Fence's uh, attacks went after he had activated his uh, tattoo for the first time. Uh, does an extra d6 of force damage. So uh, I think that I hit, uh, it was either two times out of three or three times out of four. So we need to um, uh, add that number of d6s. Uh, yeah, you know what, just roll two d6 um, because you forgot. We'll do that as punishment. Great, that's fair punishment. Uh, seven more hit points. Gotcha. Uh, still with us, but by a thread at this point in time. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you. Mouse, field mouse. I am looking at her spells. Um, She is going to cast Healing Word on um, Aspen, and that is six points of healing. So it's down to minus four, or how are we doing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't go back. I Carl plays old mean rules. So yeah, he's down to minus four, but the good news is it stabilizes you. So no, no more death saving throws. For their for Aspen. Yeah. For Aspen, yes. Um oh. Um I may have. All right, she has to, if she's going to do that, she has to use a second level spell slot, which means healing word, I think does an extra D4. Looking up things quickly here. 
Yeah, the healing increases by 1d4 for each slot level above first. Um, that's another three. Oh, man. And actually, is it just just by another d4, or is it the plus as well? Um, it says it increases by 1d4. One D4, for each yeah. Oh, plus your spellcasting. You yeah, you add your wisdom. Plus level. three. Yeah, so he there is up to, yeah, absolutely. He is up to two hit points now. Not minus 42 there, Carl. Aspen is back. Oh, yeah. And Mouse is also going to move. She is going to come over here and crouch behind the altar, sort of taking cover and looking towards the darkness and where this battle and stuff is going on. Um, and she'll actually carry Aspen with her. It's so nice. She cares. She's she's misguided in love. Um, Scarlet um, herself, darkness. Oh, and Crenshaw. Um, yeah, she'd like to kill you. Don't get a chance. Yeah. Very um, soon. That is the end of that round, and we are at the top of the of the round. It is nine thirty six. Um, I part of me really would like to finish this boss battle tonight. I don't see this ending in one round. Maybe, maybe, but not a good way. Well. Yeah, I, I just don't see this ending. And it, you all actually have done a damn good job tonight. Um, I mean, you've taken a lot of damage, but you've also done a lot to them. There's, but yeah, this is another. I mean, this is at least two more rounds, probably three or so before we resolve this. And there are so many different ways. I just. I think we probably ought to pause here. Ooh, another cliffhanger. Woo! All right, well, take your, take your melatonin so you can sleep or have a shot of whiskey or something tonight. Oh my God. Well, I'm feeling better, still very anxious. I feel like still like I made a few dumb moves, but not as dumb as trying to befriend the fire people. Oh, so, I'm so yeah, I'm so glad to hear you all were upset by the, the fire people revelation. I, I got done with it. I was like, I, Carl, you just blew it as DM. Like the moment of when she goes, cast the fireball. I felt like it just sort of, there was a little bit of a fizzle. And I was like, oh, that was such a great moment if you had just played it up. So I'm glad oh, to know there was a little anxiety invoked. Do you, Janae, do you have any wild shapes left? I have one more left. Okay, that's a whole bag of hit points. Yeah. And um, with the sunstone gone, are we still exhausted? Does that not go away? That yeah. It, so it's radiant damage, and yes. Okay. It's, so it's just so you. You are at exhaustion level two, having been exposed to the sliver of the sun for two rounds with no protective clothing. 
This is why it's so important to wear protection. Absolutely. We all see sunscreen. That's the moral of the story tonight. Yeah, it's too bad sunscreen hadn't been invented yet, or we all could have really benefited from it. Yeah, um, every every ten every ten points of SPF you have reduces a, a point of damage there. Okay, I don't know how we have magic, but no sunscreen in this world. <laughs> Do we yeah. have a sense? I guess that's what absorb elements is for. Um, <laughs> do we have a sense of uh, like uh, we know that the terrible aspect of raw had been defeated and probably by these very people who were battling. Do we have any sense of what toll that fight took on um, our current foes? really really hard to see the i mean you hardly able to see their armor because they have this whatever the padding and stuff is so right. there is yeah no no right. way to see if they were terribly weakened or if the battle with the avatar of rod didn't do much to them they're just for sure yeah no all right right All right, well, I think that does it for this evening. Good stuff. All right, not bad for the DM. Fence knocked to the ground and almost out. It's hard to um, smush those um, those monks and i got theraval unconscious all the crenshaw's throwing some shade literally in the the darkness there and uh putting the shard of the sun into a bag of holding ripping it out of scarlet antwerp's um hench person's hand so Crenshaw's bringing it, and Clara not doing too bad there, transforming into our wild shaping into an elephant. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the, the action. There certainly was a lot of it, and we'll feel poised right here on the edge of, um, I don't know which way this, this one is going to go. This is certainly a good boss battle with, you know, damage being done to... Scarlet and her followers, but our party, I mean, I'm not talking only a, um, the amount of a familiar, although the, the loss of the burrowing owl, um, Drake is still sort of sad, but I'm talking some damage to player characters here. So, um, <laughs> the evil DM laugh, although certainly I have sympathy for the players and characters. So we'll have to um, see how this puppy turns out. Um, I promise you we will have a Ragged Coast 40 for you next week. But hang in there. Have a good week. Keep listening. Once again, House Rules RPG, House spelled H-A-U-S. Uh, we're on Instagram and, you know, we're having fun. And, oh, I'm going to put a little teaser in right here at the end. Um, some of the Return of Dragons group is going to start a Monster of the Week campaign. So just a little bit of a teaser, but in a couple of weeks, we will have 
a few of the Return of Dragons group um, doing a Monster of the Week. So I think we're going to start what is officially the third season of House Rules um, RPG. So putting a plug in there, but more than all of that, and I certainly will not interrupt the delivery of Ragged Coast 40 for you. Um, that is coming next week. We will see how the dice tumble. All right. Thanks for listening.